Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks for listening in on another episode. Or if this is your first time stopping by, I'm grateful to have you. This podcast is all about the getting started moments, the turning points that got each guest started on a new path toward happiness, the ups and downs of the journey, how they were able to commit to a change, and all the lessons learned along the way. I hope you all enjoyed this particular episode, so let's jump right in and get it started. On this week's episode, please welcome in Nadine Artemis, who is the CEO and founder of the 18-year-old clean health and wellness brand, Living Libations, which is a luxury line of organic, well-crafted, non-GMO botanical serums, elixirs, oral care, and essential oils. She is also an aromacologist and an author of two books, including Renegade Beauty and Holistic Dental Care. And she has quite the getting started journey. Really interesting how she got into this business, starting it as a teenager, opening the first full concept aromatherapy store in North America at just 22 years old. And then we go on from there. So I hope you all enjoy this conversation. I sure know I did. So without further ado, please welcome in Nadine Artemis. Nadine, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to, you know, you have such a unique story just with some of the background. I'm, I'm excited for you to fill in the gaps a little bit on your journey. Um, there's a lot of places we could start, but I think the only appropriate spot is maybe go back to childhood a little bit, because it seems like as a teenager was kind of when like your getting started moment happened. Is that appropriate? Can we go back there? Is yeah. it, or or was there a spot before that, before you tell that story that happened even before that, that maybe people don't know about? Yeah, it's a good place to start. And maybe what we'll do, because I mean, often I'll just, you know, talk about my story and the way that it relates to what I do, because that's relevant, obviously. But if we think about my story in terms of like getting started, mm-hmm. so if we look at that story, Uh, like, or like I look back at that, how I started, but with my now vision of like knowing sort of like what made me tick a bit, I think then that's a good way in Uh, like a little more in that, you know, why did I make those choices, which I feel like I can really see now, you know, with a couple of decades hindsight. (laughs) And I feel like as a child, I was definitely very adamant in focusing on what I like to do. So you know, and it's interesting now because I have a son and he's 14 and there's all this like, what are you going to do when you grow up and everything? He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, and nor should you. Yeah. <laughs> You're 14. Like, who cares? Right? Like, yeah. like, focus on what you like and everything else will come. So I just knew that I, I, I really eliminated what I didn't like from my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I kept pursuing what I did love. And that was like being in nature and experimenting. And then that kind of cross links with like being a full on teen in the eighties and like, you know, bottles of products and perfumes um, that I would like dive into and mix and concoct. And I just, you know, whether it was the kid in the forest that was like concocting with mud and like pressing geranium petals and pine needles, there was like that part of me. And I would slather it on my body and jump in the lake. Or there's that, you know, then the teen versions, it's like, taking, you know, all my mother's cosmetic hand-me-downs with my stuff, mixing it, like f- making eyeshadow, like just sort of playing with these mm-hmm. things. So I had this real desire to move, like to mix things and to explore that kind of stuff and what goes on the body. 
but do I, do, you know, at, at that point, do I still know what I'm going to do when I'm older? No, but I just keep focusing on those things and then eliminating things that aren't good. Like, you know, I, I, I didn't like math in grade 10, 11. So I eventually dropped that focus on English. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important to focus on what you love, which is really following your strengths. Now I know that as an adult. And I think there's a lot of society that's like, well, you know, you got to, you know, keep it general or like have go into every subject. And, and then you're, you know, and then you're, we're trying to make weaknesses stronger sort of generally through a school right. system or how we kind of raise kids or even ourselves and even our own self-talk. It's often like, let's improve what's weak. And I say, go for your strengths and your passions yeah. Because that's what's going to lead you through things where you have momentum that you almost don't even need to think about getting started because you've got like that really cosmic wind at your back. Well, you know, what's so interesting with that point is like, because even when we think back, like when we were in school, right? Yeah, I mean, there were, it was it was good to know the basics of science, let's say, or English, obviously, and those type of things. But if we look at like you look at your life now, or look at mine, like how often do we pull on those? I, I like to say the memorization stuff is not as important. It's like mm -hmm. you know, what are, what are some things that you know you can get your hands dirty with if you want, or if you like doing something totally different. That's why like the focus. I see this because I have a my son's a little younger. I have a nine year old. But I see this in his creativity, like if he wants to go like take a cardboard box and use tape and color it and do whatever, I'm like, go do you like, totally. all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's the thing with, and, and, you know, some, some might argue like, well, you know, Brian, school's not for that. It has to be more general, you know, because there's so many different kids and what have you. But then it goes back to the whole thing of like, well, if they're in school for whatever, let's say a third of their childhood, let's assume there's a third of it sleeping, right? Um, <laughs> or more, then it's like, well, that is that setting them up for success later on in life? You know, mm -hmm. and that's the question mm -hmm. I always have is like, and maybe you've seen this as well. It's not that they shouldn't learn those things, but is there a capacity to learn some of those and then let them kind of branch off? Oh, yeah, because you, you have to sort of sift, you have to have the like, uh, exposure of things to know what you want and what right. you don't want and for sure and I'm, you know and, and it, it even you can't even do electives really I mean obviously it's different everywhere but till grade 10 or 11 yeah so it's not like you can really start a limit but I'm saying like we can focus on that and even in 10 and 11 like focus on the subjects you want or like the after school activities and stuff mm. um and then it's just about um you know, just really knowing inside, like that, the, you know, really the first step is always the last, I find, just find taking that next step if you have a vision and stuff like that. But I think it's important to not get caught up in, in to like the things we're supposed to do to have a career or to find what we want, because I feel like that's not always the way in. Oh, for, yeah, for sure. And let me ask you this, uh, on that point, I guess, we'll, we'll take an aside, like when you were having those thoughts you said I am out in nature and then you're playing around with different stuff to kind of the, the the products and stuff did you you said looking back you kind of realized some things but did you did you know it when you were in the fold then like was there like an aha moment like wait a minute like I'm on a, the uh, attempt a hundred something's interesting here something's happening 
Do you remember, well, did that happen? Or? Yeah, I remember a lot of interest in that area. Now, again, it wasn't something, because again, there was no role models in that realm. I mean, I did take a vocational test or whatever in grade three or something like that, very young. And I remember they're like, yeah, you can be a librarian or blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, okay. So, the, so even what we're sort of is on the menu has like no vision and it has just these stale categories, right? Like what can you can be when you grow up? And it's just like, even the 50 jobs or whatever, it's like right. too narrow. Um, so, you know, then I, as a going, being a teen, then I'm at university and I'm, you know, skipping school because <laughs> first year you don't get all the classes you want. And I would definitely didn't pick all the right ones. So it's yeah. kind of bored, um, but I'm living on my own and I'm learning a lot about all that too, right? That's just the whole experience is you're learning a lot. And I'm skipping school and I'm watching a talk show and they go into talking about food and how it's connected to the environment and that. And that was very, this is early 90s. This is radical and fascinating. And it was through, through, through uh, Lisa Benet was on that show. And then it was so fun because we met, we're friends now, but we met and she was like, Nadine, I just heard your talk on breast health, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you look so familiar. I'm like, oh my God, well, you're... So she was appreciating my work. And I'm like, well, seeing you on TV when I was like 19 literally is why I'm here today. Oh, wow. Because it made me question the food and the ingredients. And then I really started learning about like, you know, how to read a label on a can of soup or like, you know, like that brown sugar is just white sugar with molasses. And I just really went in deep. I had to walk by this little health food store every day on my way home to university called Grains and Beans and Things. And I just would go in and I eventually bought every book and bean in that store and read and read and like just figured out because I was really, I mean, we're eating. So it's going into our bodies. And I just yeah. found that really fascinating. And then it made me also go, oh, my God, this this green beauty that I, you know, like the body shop at the time, which really opened up a whole new realm because you thought it was natural. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's total BS. It's just the same petroleum promised land dressed up with different like labels and colors. So like, you know, the pineapple face wash didn't have any pineapple in it. Uh -huh. Cucumber, you know, the, the, right. fu the fuzzy peach bath oil had never been impeached. So <laughs> it was just BS. And I was like, oh my God, well, here's my excuse to, you know, mix and meld all these things. Like I had been, you know, transforming food and, and having fun in the kitchen. And I was like, oh my God, now I can do that, that stuff like I've always wanted an excuse to whip things together and uh you know and actually I had made um for a grade nine science fair project I had made per, uh, a perfume and I'd learned about the history of perfume so that was in me but again it was like these all these little things I see now that were just little pivots along the way um or that perfume museum I went to in France in grade eight and really went into the history of aromatics and stuff. So all of that came together as I was skipping school first year. And um, so I did, I luckily, and luckily I was living on my own. So I had my own kitchen and stuff. And, and I just started like really retrofitting that kitchen and making a little lab. Right. And then I started making all my, you know, lip balms and lotions and perfumes and then selling them to friends and family. And, uh, and it was so loved. And then it was like things were actually working for people because I was using real ingredients that wasn't also creating other issues because of the because the a lot of the stuff we put on our bodies literally create other side effects for us that then we have to manage. Yeah. 
that's another story. So then that was really the beginning of, you know, my first business, Artemis Essentials. <laughs> and, um, and it was hard to find all these ingredients. And I was reading these ancient textbooks and modern textbooks. And I was, you know, reading about things that I couldn't find or smell. And I had to get a whiff of like, well, what was that like in ancient Egypt? Or why were they putting, you know, the cardamom with the blue lotus? And I had to understand that. And so then I started again, it's so crazy. It was pre-internet, but uh, so I started writing, you know, letters around the world to consulates and distillers and, wow. and getting a whole supply chain going and importing essential oils into Canada because what was available at the stores was just this very common uh, essential oils, which I was using at first. But then when you start, when I was getting in samples from farmers all over the world, I was like, there is a whole other class of quality that's like not in any store. It was kind of well, like wine. And was you also mentioned this is early mid nineties, right? Yeah. And I, again, I'm going to, I'm in university doing other yeah. things. Luckily the second year I'm in university, I got the courses I wanted. And so then it was really cool because a lot more stuff came together and I was you know, in classes where I could do projects on really cool things like midwifery, or we were looking at like our textbooks were things like our bodies ourselves. And we were kind of looking at the history of like, you know, I do essays on like the history of cosmetics for women and like the toxicity and different things like that. So then it was fun because then the academics was sort of matching up and then it was creating like a deeper base layer for why, you know, so like I'm making all these natural things and then I'm like, really seeing like the history and the need for it on such a deeper level. So it was like all swirling together. And, um, you know, as I'm working through the years through my degrees, I'm like, oh my God, I got to get to the city and like open up a store and bring all these things together. And I'd envisioned yeah. a place where people could come and I could make, um, you know, custom blended perfumes or they could buy all these exquisite oils by the drop because some of them are like, you know, it's like a dollar a drop for like a drop of Rosado or something. And people would often come in, you know, with their little, I was later though. But anyway, so I, I knew I had to get the vision going and like get out of that small university town and bring it all together. Well, what's interesting, because again, we're recording this and we're, we get to use Zoom here and I can go search online and find a thousand beauty products or whatever, but assuming 93 94 you didn't or that was pre-internet basically oh my god it's even pre-93 94 it was like 90 91 but well, anyway yeah what i was yeah what <laughs> yeah. i'm getting at is like yeah how did you because because this i mean this goes back to you know the importance of getting started there's there there's probably a thousand other people maybe not that much i don't know but i'm making that up but like with a maybe a similar idea or passion that you had you decide to take it several levels more than most people do. So I guess my curiosity is around how did you discover these other places that were in other countries or whatever? Like, where, where did you come up with that? Because yeah, I, I came from a small town in upstate New York. Like I was like an island on an island. I felt like, yeah, I knew other stuff was going on in the world, but I thought that was kind of it. Right. And, that, and that's why in growing up in those towns, you feel that way. So I'm just curious, where did you get the confidence maybe to start exploring outside of that? Can you share a little bit about that that you yeah. recall? Well, I think one thing I, I'm so thankful for is my mother was very like worldly. Okay. And I, so I just feel like just things I'm learning from her through osmosis of just like being in the world, like just from traveling with her and just, she just moved things and found things. I don't know. Okay. So I think there was a bit of a vibe there. 
And then it's just about like, I don't, when I read, I mean, I, and I also at university, I'm also learning research skills and, and stuff even more than I had in high school. Um, and I'm also you know, honing in on my writing skills. So there's a lot of good stuff there, but I just, when I got, found a book, whether it was a modern book or like looking at something from the 1800s, whatever my research was, I mean, I would scour the book and start looking for breadcrumbs, you know, along the way. And some books would have resources, some wouldn't. And I didn't even have a laptop then. We had a word processor. I'm sure laptops were coming. And I remember I wrote, you know, invented little letterhead and made little letters and just sent them all, all around the world, you know, and then got things back and samples and then, you know, would go deeper or, or, or mail a consulate and then find out the distillers in that country, you know, I mean, it was a process of a few years, but just pulling it all together. And then really it was, but also it was great because I had no clue what I was doing. I think that's the best because when you look back and you're like, how or what, or like, Oh, or like we had a fire, like, crazy it's uh it was in 2013 so it's like nine years ago now 10 well, I don't know what year it is I don't know where we are but anyway. <laughs> about nine yeah <laughs> yeah some, something and you know we lost like literally every physical thing in like all business materials and every yeah, everything and uh I thought oh god am I gonna have to just do it all over again like that was like the most exhausting thought. Like, do I have to relive the past 20 years to rebuild it? Luckily, I didn't because, you know, things sort of like there's the, the business that was built, which is just the love of the products or the clients and that doesn't get burnt down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so absolutely. and it's not like I had to reinvent the wheels. I just had to like, you know, all my formulas still existed. We just had to remake them and everything. But it's just like. Uh, my point was something there. Like, you know what I mean? Like that just not knowing is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so funny. That point has come up a lot in this podcast over the years of like, like Brian, if I knew what I, you know, if I knew yes. what it was going to take to get started, I probably wouldn't have got started. Yes, but you just yes. kept going down that, that path. Yes. You know? The other thing too, for me as a whole, like I remember in grade five saying like, I'm not working for anybody. I'm not working in an office tower. I'm not having a nine to five jobs. And I saw those Freedom 55 insurance commercials. And I was like, what, what about like Freedom 29? <laughs> you know, why, yeah. why? I, I, I was like, why would we work? And then like take some time off at the end of our lives. Yeah. And it's always about- intriguing me too. It's like, what, yeah. what, I was just thinking about this the other day with a, a, a blog post um, I was writing around like, why, like, why is 65? Like, I think that, you know, that's generally yeah. the age now, 65 yeah. years old. And I'm assuming in 10 or 15 years, it's going to be 75 as we, you know, we get yeah. older, but it's like, why 65? And and the thing I, th- this is the thing that, because that's again, where I grew up was like, you go to work, work your way up entry level, have a nice life and then retire and ride off in the sunset. And as I yeah. got in you know, my late twenties and, and now thirties, it's like, wait a minute. No way. All the fun stuff is 30 years down the road. That's BS. It's got to be different, you know? But when yeah. you pull the wool back, or if that's the phrase, you sure. pull the eyelids, but whatever, you open your <laughs> eyes, you're like, wait a minute, that's BS. It's got to be better. And it surely yeah. is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I, I mean, so I had all that mixed with all this like swirling of ingredients, but yeah. this real renegade, like, definitely was going to be forging my own path. 
no matter what. So was the the first, I guess, business, was that a, a location? Was that like a, a store? Yeah, well, you- I had, I, well, so I was, so I'm a student and then I'm making. And so obviously it's just through friends and family and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I would have like, you know, just come over to my house. But again, it was all very, you know, one-on-one or whatever. And then, um, yeah, I finished, got my degree. And then that was like April of whatever, because, you you know, that's when university ends. And then right. by October of that year, I had, you know, it was opening the store. So I worked on it all summer, wow. got our lease in a, a very cool part of Queen Street in Toronto. And, uh, and that was a whole thing too, that was good not to know, you know, and really like scraping together my, you know, startup, you know, got a, a matching government loan oh, to wow. match the, I saved like seven grand. And then, um, my mom lent me seven grand and I had to sign full on legal contract and pay interest to make it fair to my brother and sister mm-hmm. heaven forbid she would like die yeah. and then left with this seven thousand dollar debt anyways just also to teach financial lessons you know which is yeah. very important and then the bank matched that 15 grand so opened it on about 30 you know uh-huh. And there we yeah. were. Were you nervous? We were were you nervous uh, at all? You know, I was really, it was really flowing and everything. And then the night before, and we're having this big party and press was coming and everything. And I was like, definitely, I guess they call it that imposter syndrome, which I didn't know the name for it. But you're like, oh my God, like people are coming to buy things that I made. <laughs> like, <laughs> that seems crazy. So wow. I had a moment, but the, it was, it was really good. And it was a really um, pretty great success. Like, you know, considering uh it was just flowing right away and uh it was a really good hot spot and I met lots of neat people like uh Alanis Morissette oh wow fun people like that yeah I used to mop the floor to her her jagged little pill album every night I closed the store and then uh then one night we got a call from a friend that's like my friend Alanis is in town and she's heard about your store she wants to come by after her concert Wow. And I was like, okay, that's so cool. So we had a midnight rendezvous at the store called Osmosis. And uh, then we just sat at that scent bar and smelled oils and just like laughed till the wee or hours of the morning. It was wow. so good. That's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. What, um, I, I, I'm, I'm really curious from a standpoint of, so you, you, again, you start the, you start the store, you're kind of moving along was that maybe that was the moment actually, but like, when did you feel you were getting like, Hey, this actually could work out. I'm onto something here. Was that yeah, the moment I think or was, was it? There I, an- no, it's really, it was when I was selling to friends and family Okay, because it was so loved and successful. Like people were clearing up eczema there, you know, they were getting, I had a product called waitress legs to help people with the varicose spider veins that happen from standing on your legs a lot. And they would go, you know, the little, we would help those spider veins and stuff like that, acne, you know, all the little things that pe- people yeah. were having issues with. Were there, yeah. um, like, I don't, I mean, I, I mean, I look now again, I'm not in this industry, so I have zero idea, but like, was there government regulations that you had a, you know, like how now there's oh, ingredients yeah. no, and all that? How did, how did yeah, that? It, it's the same, it's the system hasn't changed that much. It's like okay. a cosmetic registration 
And, you know, if you're using ingredients that aren't on like chemical lists and, and banned lists and all that kind of stuff, like I don't work with anything that isn't generally recognized as safe, oh, okay. which is a GRAS rating. Okay. Um, Cause I don't need to work with anything that's chemical and I don't want to. Okay. Yeah. So you just register them and that's where you register your formulas and everything. It's just, it's the, you know, can't health Canada, FDA. It's, it's okay. all the same. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. What happened with, so as, as things took off, but like, definitely I had to learn all that. Like, you know, I'm learning, you know, oh. so once we get to the store, it's like a bringing everything to a whole new level. Sure. And that's actually a really, so then you're like, okay, I'm taking my passionate hobby that I love so much and now we're really bringing it into being a business. And I yeah. think that's a, a real key place for a lot of, uh, you know, our entrepreneurs and startups to understand. Like, so then that desire to just, you know, inhale jasmine all day and make perfumes gets drowned in like spreadsheets and accountants and lawyers and insurance and all the banking, the blah, yeah. blah, blah, right? Which can really kill some passion. So, you know, you have to find your balance because, of course, all of that needs to be taken care of and done and people and management and human resources. And there's a lot to learn. Well, that's what I wanted to get at is a little bit like that's where you started was like, hey, I want to run my business, but I really I want to go. This is something I'm passionate about. And then you get into it and you're <laughs> like, why am I doing taxes and accounting yeah. and all this stuff? Um, can you share a little bit? And maybe there's a story or two that that kind of coincides with this around the growth around and even actually which actually may be interesting than different than some other folks on the podcast is going from the 90s to the 2000s to you know the internet is booming like was yeah. what what how did the pivoting work of saying we oh, got to get online yeah. can you share anything like that what yeah you look was, at that well was, so i had the store from like uh like 92 93 i believe till 90 i know it was till 99 and that was also that feeling of like i just was like ready to not be in the city mm -hmm. and there was a thought like well will there be more stores blah, blah. and I was just like I need to get out of the city and there I wanted to dissolve that phase of the business and just like move to a new moment but I did have a, a website during that time mm -hmm. like in the 90s we had like one of those early ones it was called inhale by mail because <laughs> it was all from mail order yes. and stuff and uh and that was fine but it wasn't obviously e-commerce because that wasn't around yet, right. I think. And then, so then I got into new phase. And actually, but at, at tw the age of 29, on my 29th birthday, was actually when the store closed. And I was like, just going to be retired for a moment. Mm. So, because I was like, remember I said Freedom 29? Yeah. When I was a kid, I was like, forget Freedom 55. You wanted like, to be retired. Yeah, yeah. You wanted so to I literally did on my 29th birthday. On and it was and my birthday's on January 29th. Um, so oh, congrats, you just had a birthday then. I did. <laughs> Thanks. And uh Oprah's got the same one, if I can just say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was 29 on my 29th birthday, and that's when it it closed. And I was just wanted to, to have a moment because it was such a rush, like run from like being a teen to that moment, like I didn't stop. And I wanted to just know like what wanted to come forward with me. And I was really wanting to work on like not living in the city. Mm -hmm. And so I was just going to retire for a year. And, uh, and then people would ask me and I said, well, I'm retired from becoming right now, <laughs> which was, I don't know, made me laugh. Not a lot of people got it, but I did. I just wanted to like not become 
Like, and I feel like from a kid, it's always like, what are you going to be? What are you going to be? And it's like, let's just be and not become for a moment. And I felt like, you know, because there's a lot that had come forward with me and I just wanted to sort out the contents of my brain and write and figure some things out. And then I met Ron, who is my husband and current partner. Um, And that's, and and I, I was still doing something, so I was retired, but I would do, sometimes I would whip up a special batch of something and then people would come over and that kind of thing. And then Ron and I was so early, like in the first month, he was like, we got to work together. And I was like, oh no, we're going to give out, we'll kill all of our joyful romance. (laughs) But he was just like, we're working together. And I was like, okay. Uh, I was like, as long as it's not too serious, because I had a bit, there's a lot, you know, because I was also understanding like where your passion meets the dryness of the spreadsheet, we'll call it, mm-hmm. right? In yeah, that yeah. part of business. And I was like, well, it's got to be like, not more, re- like, a, what was it? Or what did I say? Uh, it can't get more serious than the lemonade stand right now. <laughs> I like <laughs> was that. my famous last yeah. words. <laughs> <laughs> but it did. Our, <laughs> yeah, so that's what we started with. And um, yeah, and then we just brought into the realm and, I started making things again and uh, we would have these open houses and stuff. And, and it just grew so much because people were like, Oh my God, where did you go? Like I, I would meet people on the streets and they would cry because like osmosis had closed and they were like, I couldn't get lip balm anymore. Cause like we really had, like once people try what we made is just yeah. like really loved. And uh, so it was really fun. And, you know, I would still speak at conferences and, you know, on, on talks about, you know, things like essential oils and women's health and that kind of stuff. And we would travel around and it get, and it grew and grew. So at that point we're like, okay, now we need a website. So this is, and, and again, and then that phase of when I met Ron, we called that's living libations. Mm-hmm. And that okay. was our lemonade stand, quote unquote. Okay. And, um, and, and now we have a 22,000, you know, square foot eco award-winning, eco-built building that makes wow. all of our beautiful things so that's how serious our lemonade stand got <laughs> wow how did can, can i ask how did you because really what you're doing and really what you're still doing is totally different than what mainstream is because there are a ton of products with a lot of chemicals in it and probably mm. aren't healthy for you um how did you keep living the values, that ethos that you started out on with all, I'm assuming there's pressures. There's, Hey, you can do it cheaper over here. You can get it. Yeah. There's all that. I just don't, you know, zero F's given about any of that kind of accounting thinking, bottom line, whatever. It was like, I came in for the quality and I'm putting everything that we make on my body and I have such hardcore standards. So I'm, you know, totally into that. And what I found too, as that younger girl, what I see, what I would see in the world is just where things would grow and then they would lose the quality. Or even if it was something like in that era, like a Gucci or a Louis Vuitton, where you saw I, when I, you know, in the eighties, it would be made in Italy and then it gets to the made in China stage. Mm. I mean, I could be, I don't know specifically with those brands, but you know what I'm talking, like, I feel like and maybe it actually happened with those friends, but so you see that like, oh, so things just grow and everybody forgets the center yeah. or like their main. So I was like, not into any of that. I'm like, oh, we can do this. 
and yeah. just, yeah, keep going with quality. You know, and I, I didn't build the business to sell it. You know, I'm not looking for whatever Clorox or Estee Lauder to come, come by and like take it. Well, anything. I think that's part. I mean, there's, there's folks like you that exist and I'm kind of in that camp of like, you have to put your name on it and you have to wake up every day saying, Hey, this is my name on this brand. And I want it to be quality. I want it to be who I am. And that's probably mm -hmm. why you've continued. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. there's that reputation. I, I think there's some ego there, which is a good ego. Like that's your <laughs> reputation. It's your reputation yeah. online. When someone yeah. puts that in their body, you want them to have a good experience, not to break out, not to do whatever. You totally. Know? And you know what too? It's like, because the rest of the world is where is that that bottom line thinking mm -hmm. it's so easy to just be like basically a we have clients for 30 years now yeah right just yep. still loving each iteration of our growth and because the rest of the world really kind of sucks on the quality thing yeah. it's so easy to just stay to be there because everybody is making compromises on their quality mm. all the time I don't, we're not going to make this about products and everything like that. I could, sure. I go, I could, I could go down that line, but I, I'm curious though, at least for folks listening in, because I look yeah. at, I'm always looking, I'm big into health and fitness and all that. I'm always looking to optimize myself, like take it from whatever approach you want, but like, is there something we should all be considering one or two, whether it's products or something to put on our body, like to take care of ourselves better We're in 2022, like anything you're seeing now that's eye-opening of like, Hey, if you're not doing this, you're really hurting yourself. Mm, I, yeah, we could talk about that for a few hours. <laughs> yeah, I know, probably. I know. So I'm trying to be like, oh, yeah. well, oh, because I do, and I have so many areas that I go into. I was just going to say back to, you know, iterations of the website and stuff to type. So we made one, but it was too expensive to e-commerce, right? At mm. like 203, 204, it would have been like 10 grand. So then it wasn't until about 206, 207. Then Magento came, open source software. Yep. Or maybe it was before that, but then we realized it. So finally, by then, we got to the e-commerce. So maybe for three years, we had a really lovely website, but you would stuff to mail, like email the order from the offerings on the site. Right. And even though there's a part, my friends were like, no, you got to get automated. I'm like, oh, no, but then we're just going to have more orders. Right? In a way, yeah. I was like, oh, it's already so flowing. And it's just because Ron and I, oh, yeah. And then we moved to the country, which was a whole thing, because then we finally had space. Yeah. And we did get out of the city. And then we got 200 acres of land. That was in 206. Okay. And that's really, you know, then start, things started really rolling because then we just had space to like order, function, manufacture. Mm. And, uh, and it was still him and I, just the two of us, just going for it, you know, pre-child, just like working, like basically, you know, till like yeah. 3 a.m. every day, getting up at seven and just going for it. It's so hardcore. Um, and then we did get to that automated website. And then of course the orders came flowing in, but it was so less, much less work because it wasn't an individual email. I'm like, oh, this is making so much more sense anywhere. And then that was like a whole other chapter. And then I got it, you know, then I started to get some books out there. And so we have like really different realms too that like, so there's like living libations is this, you know, I get, it's a beautiful beauty company but we have like a whole realm of dental care for example mm, it's okay. like really just like could be a whole business on its own okay so it's also neat about creating your own career in this way I feel like I have had so many careers like you know what I mean like I yeah. have done 
Yeah. And like, and then if I need, and if there's a part that I need to explore more or develop, I know I can just find that in my business. Right. And then like open up a new area, delegate a few things over there, bring up some new people and then open up a whole new area. Mm -hmm. Like the, the things that we're doing, you know, is, is, you know, that will come out in the year. It's all like, we always have so many in-depth projects going on. It's, it's amazing. So back to that, I really think that oral care is probably a really good thing to, and I, and we make beautiful dental serums and toothpaste and swishing oils. And I wrote a book called holistic dental care. And we have a lot of dentists that like love and adore our products and see all the improvement. But one thing that everybody can do right now that would really change the health of their mouth is to ditch the commercial toothpaste they're using, which are filled with um, different ingredients, like ingredients like sodium lauryl sulfate, which will mm-hmm. cause bleeding and receding gums, which okay. is a huge issue. And if you just switch to using baking soda, which is, you know, you can just get baking anywhere. Soda. Just, just baking soda. Just baking soda. Yep huge improvement in your oral care health. Wow. Yeah. What about now? So do you, and I'm looking at this from, <laughs> how do I get my nine-year-old to use this? Um, okay. A great way. Dunking? Yeah. Well, give yeah. Me a- well, yeah. I mean, again, you can just a little dash on the, t- the toothbrush. And of course you can add a drop of peppermint or blah, blah, blah. But I'm just trying to say the easiest thing and literally that simple. And that one ingredient, if you use that for the rest of your life, you don't even need to buy anything from me your whole oral homeostasis will be like far healthier little oasis in your mouth. So, um, and a fun thing for kids is this was a method invented by Dr. Paul Keyes. He was like a periodontist that wanted to help prevent people having the gum surgeries, which is so common for the receding gums. And what you do is you coat your mouth in the baking soda, like kind of give it a once brush, spit that out and then coat it again. And then you take half a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar and you put that in your mouth. And then you become like a you know grade three science experiment. It's all foaming because wow. when you put them together and then that really helps to lift off plaque off the mouth and like really gets the teeth clean, which is great because kids aren't perfect teeth brushers. There's a lot of areas that they miss. Uh, yes. Very now, somebody <laughs> might say, wait, uh, uh, vinegar is acidic. It is. However, baking soda is so alkaline that the sum total of the two parts is still alkaline. Yeah. Now, my assumption is this is not good. If I go Google this, most likely, like this is not talked about mainstream, that you're going to be told, hey, you got to buy this specific toothpaste. Because oh, yeah. And I mean, yeah. there's things where dentists are like, no, baking soda is too abrasive, or they thought or whatever. But no, when you look at the science and the abrasivity rating that dentists use, it's um it's there's a and there's also the there's the abrasivity rating and the MORS rating. Anyway, I, a baking soda is like a, around a seven, and a very gentle, you know, sensitive toothpaste or whatever is like at seventy. Oh. <laughs> and wow. it probably baking soda. Is. So it's very safe. It's not abrasive, and um, but if you did, I mean, I don't know what you know. It's when you look up something on the internet anymore. Who's to know what, what? is mainstream or not? But right. if you did look up Paul Keys. Dr. Paul Keys okay. and like baking soda vinegar thing, you would probably find out more about the history of it. And this it's is, Keys, like K-E-Y-E-S. Okay. And this, this is something though, at least if, correct me if I'm wrong here, but when I was doing some research prior, that like with your website, it's not just selling products. Like you have 
like education on there, right? You have articles, you have stuff like that, right? Yeah. I've got, well, yeah. And I do like interviews like this. We have that up. We have articles. I have the holistic dental care book. And then my book that I launched in 2018 is really like, people call it the beauty Bible and it's called renegade beauty. And it's Mm -hmm. about 400 pages. It's got 500 like end notes and citations. And that's where we really go into the science, you know, just go. So going to like, and it obviously there's, it's a strong book for women, but so many men read it because there's, because we have men have skin and all those things too. There is a chapter on um, pregnancy and breast health and vaginal health. So those are very female specific, but everything else is great for men to learn. There's a very deep chapter on dental care, skincare. And plus, like, as you know, most men have women in their lives and, you know, or their, their wives are going to get pregnant or whatever. So they're interested in in those chapters as well. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out, you know, as I, I turn 39 next month, which is crazy. Um, is like, how do I keep these wrinkles from coming? There's, you know, I get too many wrinkles. (laughs) Well, that's welcome to the world of living libations because that's what we focus on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, This has been awesome. Um, Let me ask you this. I want to, you know, again, with the Getting Started podcast, there's so many different pieces of advice or insight or quotes, anything you could share. But I'm wondering if, you know, you look at your life and all the things you've learned, is there one that stands out above the rest of like, you know, if someone's sitting here today, listen to this, and they're like, I have an idea, I have something I want to do, maybe I just I want to get healthier, or whatever it is. Anything words of encouragement that you would share to get them started? I think, well, it's obviously very external culture or whatever, right? We go out to seek and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, and I had to go out and seek my oils and seek knowledge and all of that. So there is that but just know as we look out and we're sifting and sorting through what the world's offering, yeah. always go back to that inner compass. Yeah. You know, you've got to hone in on your gut instinct. Because I feel like one of the main things that somebody that's starting anything really is like, you want to be empowered to be making decisions and confident and feeling that, which is like trusting your gut. And then you you know, so I feel like that's your main compass. And then I really like to always take stock, which is general, but like, if you're feeling confused, or like, oh, or you have 50 ideas coming out of your house, you know, head, or you're like, oh, where do I start? Just take stock. It might mean like cleaning out an area or whatever of like, you know, or cleaning or looking at your inventory, like literally taking stock, but like, take stock of an area, a little clean, a little area. And work with what you have don't get caught up in like oh if I had that then this would work out now you have to it has to get to the now and get that feeling going now and not the other way around like you know I'll feel good when I have money like if kind of just taking like I'll feel this when that don't bargain the when with yourself Mm. ever so yeah, that's a great, well, you mentioned something earlier that I wrote down, which I love was let's just be and not become. And it's something yeah. I've thought about so much recently, like around stillness and, you know, spending time just sitting and thinking yeah. and exploring your thoughts instead of having all these distractions, all the noise that's around and always this feeling like you're never doing enough, but it's yeah. like, what's enough? Like 
you don't even know if you want to do what you're doing. Sit down and even yeah. and just think about it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Which is like, yeah. which often throughout the day, you know, there wasn't every year. I feel like, I mean, all the years, I feel like in those early childhood years, I forgot. Oh yeah. I'm basically a main way of that. I function is like to pause throughout the day and mm-hmm. think like literally stare at that window. So luckily I got that back, but definitely don't, yeah, don't just go all day. Like, so you're getting all your external information, you're sifting and sorting, then go sit down and stare out the window for half an hour or close your eyes and figure out where your internal GPS is. Yeah. Nadine, where can everyone find you online if they want to say hello? Well, we're over at Living Libations. And uh, then on Instagram, you can find me at Nadine Artemis Official or Living Libations Official. And I'm sure we're on Facebook too. <laughs> any uh, any ass of the audience, anything you suggest them do, encourage them to do uh, before I let you go? Well, I would everybody just sit and stare out the window today for like 20 minutes. <laughs> That's a good, that's a challenge. Let's challenge everyone with that. (laughs) 20 minutes. And if you have, you know what, if you have two minutes, just do something. Yeah. Just that's do that. If you've never done it before, it's actually wild when you start doing that more consistently of how just the idea starts spawning. It's amazing. You know? Well, you know, I'm reminded of Oprah because I just listened to something she said the other day and she was like, you know, I don't even meditate really anymore. She's like, I go to this room and I just think, yeah. Yeah. And I look out the window and I'm like, I hear you. <laughs> that's what, when I, um, I started a new morning routine about six, seven months ago. And that's actually one of the big things. The first, at least 30 minutes, it could be longer. I, I make some coffee and I sit there, I have a chair downstairs. I sit Beautiful. there and I just think, and, and, yeah. I'm, I, and sometimes I go through, you know, there's a few blogs that I enjoy, um, I get subscribed to, I enjoy reading, you know, and then I sometimes with my blog that I write, I'll come up with ideas and write it then. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just thinking with nothing, but it's just a time for me to be with me yeah, and not worry, you know, not give all my attention to the rest of the world. You know, it's yeah. kind of, I think that's really important, or at least I've learned it's been important for sure. I think it's important, especially now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Nadine, uh, I'm gonna let you go on that note. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. Just one more quick thing before you skip along in your day. You know, if you do enjoy this content or other things that I've put out or just enjoy learning more and trying to adapt your thinking uh, to become happier each and every day, there's a couple of things that you may benefit from. Um, If you go to my website, brianondraco.com forward slash subscribe, you can sign up for my newsletter that goes out once a week. And that's really a digest of a lot of information that I gather throughout the weeks, whether it's a new video that I think could be informative or a podcast that's been valuable to me, book that I might read, etc. Um, secondly, I blog three times a week, and these are more micro blogs, one to five minute reads, short digestible blogs that'll send right to your inbox on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. So check that out on my website, brianondraco.com forward slash subscribe, if you think it's something you might enjoy. I hope you all have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.